I hope y'all aren't going to be too disappointed, but James is not here today. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> because I'm always disappointed if he's not here. <laughs> Except unless Kenny's doing it. <laughs> oh, Anyway, it looks like this is it, so we're just going to get started this morning. Okay. Um, We'll just start with prayer this morning. I think that might be the best idea. Father, thank you for your goodness, for your mercy, for who you are, for what you have done, for your mighty love for us. We are so amazed at who you are and your love that you have lavished upon us. There is no God besides you. You are the all in all. You are the mighty and glorious one. We thank you that nothing, nothing can compare to you. We thank you, Lord, that you give us your life in Jesus. And we just ask, Lord, for mercy this morning and your grace and your words to come forth. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I I felt like that's so far away because all of y'all are sitting back here. (laughs) So I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to move this so I can put my Bible on it, and I'm going to come up closer to you. You tried to get away from me, but you can't do it. (laughs) I'm just going to come up here to you. (laughs) Thank you, Kenny. Um, it was a year ago this past March that I started coming to Grace Church. And the first time I heard James, I just about lost it. And um, he started praying, and I felt like I'd already been to church after his prayer. I was ready to go home. It was just like, oh, my word. And the Lord is so gracious to us and so good. He um, had James pray about that sapphire color. Well, I've done a whole little Bible study about that, and um, I had never heard a preacher ever even mention it. And when he prayed it, I thought, oh, I know for sure I'm supposed to be here. And ever since then, all of you that have been here for any length of time, you know that um, he continually is talking about the blue skies. I mean, it comes up almost every week, probably not every week, but often. So I thought that we would start with that. And um, so turning your Bibles over to Exodus chapter 24, if you've got them with you. This is a really, really exciting part of Scripture. And... um, I don't even know how to get started in it, but I'm just going to jump off the log into the, into the river of living waters <laughs> and let the tree of life flow. <laughs> um, chapter 24 is after Moses got the Ten Commandments over here in chapter 19, and then the, the God, God gives him the laws and all of that. Then you get to chapter 24, and it says, Now... 
he, meaning God, said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship from afar. And I, I, I can't get past that. If God calls that worshiping from afar, oh my goodness, because he's just told him to come up, up. To the Lord. Come up to the Lord. Not just come up anywhere. Come up to the Lord. So he um, is asking them to come on up. And we're just going to read through this. um, And worship from afar. And Moses alone shall come near the Lord. But they shall not come near. Nor shall the people go up to him. Previously he had said don't. Let anybody come near this mountain. They're on Mount Sinai. And he said, don't let them come. Don't let them come near it because they're going to die if they do. And, but then he says, now Moses, his two sons and Aaron, Moses, Aaron, and Aaron's two sons and the 70 elders, come on up here, come up to the Lord and worship from afar. So Moses came and told the people all the words the Lord had um, And all the judgments. And it goes on, down, 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 talking about all of that. And you get down to verse 9. And it says, Then Moses went up, also Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. And they saw the God of Israel. And there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of sapphire stone. And it was like the very heavens in its clarity. But on the nobles of the children of Israel, that's those 74 that went up, he did not lay his hand. So they saw God and they ate and drank. Then the Lord said to Moses, come up to me, come up to me on the mountain and be there. And I will give you tablets of stone and the law and commandments which I have written that you may teach them. Okay, the first thing is, they went, they were obedient, they went up, but something supernatural had to have happened. Because then it says they saw the God of Israel and under his feet was a paved work of sapphire stone and it was like the very heavens in its clarity. All right, there's several other places in the scripture where it talks about the sapphire color. So let's just turn over and look in Ezekiel is the next one. If I can find Ezekiel chapter 1. Okay, verse 22 of chapter 1. Now, we're just going to zero in. I mean, you know, you could go into all kind of detail about all of this, but we're just going to zero in on a few things here. Ezekiel 1, verse 22. The likeness of the firmament above the heads of the living creatures was like the color of an awesome crystal stretched out over their heads so it's clear. Brilliant, awesome crystal. Now skip down to verse 26. And above the firmament over their heads was the likeness of a throne, in appearance like a sapphire. 
like a sapphire stone. On the likeness of the throne was a likeness of the appearance of a man high above it. So we're getting a little glimpse here. This sapphire pavement or firmament, this crystal clear, but it has a sapphire color. And then you see a throne, a likeness of a throne that's the color of sapphire with the likeness of a man on it. All right. Now, go to Revelation chapter 4. Um, verse 1, it says, After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. And, well, we'll just read this whole section. This is... This is the throne room of God. This is the beauty realm of God where they see his holiness and his beauty. Immediately, John says, I was in the spirit and behold, a throne. Um, and oh, I've just lost my throne set in heaven and one sat on the throne. And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardis stone in appearance. Jasper is real clear, kind of like a diamond. Very clear and brilliant. And the, uh, the Sardis, from what I've been able to read and study, is red. A brilliant red. Um, okay. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. And around the throne were 24 thrones. And on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white robes. And they had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Can you imagine? I can't even imagine <laughs> the awesomeness of this. Um, scene here seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne which are the seven spirits of God before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal and in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and back and then it describes the, the creatures um the first living creature was like a lion, the second living creature like a calf, the third living creature had a face of a man, the fourth living creature was like the flying eagle. The four creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they did not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures gave glory and honor and thanks to him who sat on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fell down before him who sits on the throne and they worshiped him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. I wanted to read that whole chapter because this is the only book in the Bible that says, blessed are you if you read it and blessed are you if you hear it. Doesn't even say you have to understand it. <laughs> so we got blessed just by hearing it a portion of it this morning. Now, let's turn over to chapter 15. And I'm just laying a little bit of groundwork here. Um, chapter 15, verse 1. Then I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having seven last plagues, for in them the wrath of God is complete. 
and I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire. And those who have the victory over the beast, over his image, over his mark, and over the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, having harps, the, having harps of God. They sang the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lord. Um, I have studied for a lot of years the Song of Solomon, Song of Songs, and I wonder if the Song of the Lamb might be that song, that book of the Bible, the Song of Psalms. Maybe. Um, maybe this right here, what, we, what is quoted, is part of the Song of the Lamb. It says, Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the saints. Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. For all nations shall come and worship before you. For your judgments have been manifested. So anyway, I just wanted to read those few scriptures to you. There is a great likelihood. You know, when we look up, we see that blue sky. And it talks about that it, the cherubim underneath that holding the throne somehow. And the throne, and they, they talk about... It being sapphire colored, Carol's shirt is not quite sapphire, but it's a gorgeous blue, a beautiful, and sapphire is hard to describe. And when you say clear as the heavens itself, it has a clarity and a life in it, in it because it is him, the almighty creator, the living Christ. And look at this, we're standing at the end. We're standing on it. And it's mingled with fire. And that can't be bad fire. That's got to be the glory of God himself. And we're standing there worshiping him with all the heavenly host, all those, all those people in that unseen realm, all those angels, all those living creatures that are like scary when you read about them. To me, I mean, they're like, oh my goodness, they have eyes all over Inside, outside, I mean, they know everything. <laughs> it's like, whoa. So we're standing there worshiping, worshiping our Abba, our bridegroom. And, you know, it's so, I, the Trinity is difficult for any of us to understand. And I have difficulty separating it sometimes, you know, like, Jesus is my bridegroom, soon coming king. But yet he's also, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. I mean, he's God, the whole thing. And so I just lump it all together and I go, oh, I just love you because you first loved me. We can love because he first loved us. So I want to go back over here to chapter 24 in Exodus. He asked them to come up and then he brought them up. But, but they put themselves in the position to where they could be brought up. And this is the coolest thing. Verse 12, it says, um, Then the, they, well, verse 11, they ate, or 10, whatever it is. They ate and they drank with the Almighty God. They saw him. Now, I don't think they saw his features and all like that because the scripture also says no man can see God and live. But they saw 
the God of Israel. And they saw under his feet. So we know they saw his feet for sure. (laughs) That sapphire pavement. And they partied with him. They partied with him. And before I get to this other thing, this just came to my mind. Turn over here to Luke chapter 12. Um, oh, where is that? Oh, here it is. Luke twelve thirty seven. Jesus is talking, and he says, Blessed are the servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you that he will gird himself and have them, the servants, sit down and eat and will come and serve them. That's his heart. His heart is so for us. Now here, they're up here eating and drinking with him. It's just a small picture of the wedding feast of the Lamb that we're going to enter into in, in that day whenever that comes. And then Jesus talks a little bit about it right here in this one verse. He's the one serving. Oh, my goodness. I wrote here in my Bible, oh, my, how can this be? He is so magnificent. But the heart that he has right here, he ate, he drank with them, he had a good time with them. Because they... It doesn't indicate that they were afraid. Now, the people down below that were looking up were f- fear and trembling because there was smoke and fire and, and all of that. And what did James say one time? The people down there looking up saw the glory of God as fire and smoke and thundering and lightning and voices and all this. But, but Moses went right into the midst of the cloud and he said that refreshing mist. He had a play on words with that. But it was refreshing, and it was refreshing to these guys here. And then the Lord, in verse 12, Then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and be there. Just be there. That's his heart to us. Just come and be with me and be there. I've opened the way. If he said worship from afar and he calls coming up and sitting down and seeing his feet and seeing the sapphire pavement and eating and drinking with him, if he calls that worshiping from afar, what is it going to be like? Because he has already, the Lord has already invited us to come boldly to his throne of grace. Not only that, he himself is right here inside of us. And worship, that's worship up close. That's got to be way better than this. Oh, my word. So we just are asking, Lord, open our eyes, open our heart, open our spirit more and more. Our understanding, let us grow like James's word, in the awareness of heaven within the glory of God within us. We're not having to, it's not like we have to go up the mountain to a particular place to get there, to get into his presence. We are already here in him. 
And he is in us, this creator, this God. But one day, there's going to come a day where we're going to enter into that wedding feast of the Lamb. And those of us that have him living in us, we're going to get to eat and drink and party with him. Literally, with glorified bodies. Oh, wow. Oh, and we're all going to look good. (laughs) Even if we're older, we're going to be perfect and beautiful because of the beauty that he has put on us because of his beauty. Over in Ezekiel chapter 16, it talks about um, the little maiden that was found laying in her own blood and how the, the Lord came by and picked her up. And she grew up and all this. And, and there's a little phrase in there that says, I made you beautiful. Now, this is, isn't exactly what it says, but it's something like this. I made you beautiful with my beauty. Each one of us, he makes us beautiful with his beauty. And he just wants us to come up there and be with him. But up there is here. (laughs) With him in the spirit, in the things of the spirit, in that spirit realm. The other thing about this chapter, there's um, a lot. Okay, one... There are a bunch of times, and I haven't really counted them all, where it says, Moses went up, Moses went up, Moses went up. And the really neat part about it, he just went up. Let me see which the cloud covered the mountain. Okay, verse 16. Now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. So he went up there further after they ate and drank. He went up and he was there six days waiting, just being there. God didn't even talk to him for those days. It said on the seventh day, he spoke to him. And then down here in verse 18, it says, Moses went up into the midst of the cloud and went up into the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. Then chapter 25, then The Lord spoke to Moses. I always thought he started talking right away. And maybe he was saying some stuff, but we didn't get any of that recorded. He was up there all those days just being there. God's heart is for fellowship. There's such wonderful fellowship between the Father and the Son. And we have been given the privilege of entering into that by faith. And he's even given us the measure of faith. We don't have to try to conjure it up. He has given us that measure of faith to where we can enter into that fellowship with him. We don't have to worry about running up to a a literal mountain or a literal place. We can have this fellowship all the time, 24-7, day in and day out. Um... Sometimes I'm just not in the frame of mind to do it. But you know what? He's not disappointed with me or mad with me or upset with me when I'm like that. He knows my flesh. He knows. And he's just there patiently waiting. And not only that, there have been times when on purpose, I just didn't even want anything to do with him. I was mad at him or whatever. He didn't get mad at me for that. He didn't withdraw himself. During some of those times, his presence was more with me 
than when I'm trying to make an effort to get there. I didn't feel him. I didn't know he was there. But people said things that made me know that it was him manifesting. (laughs) How how does he do this? It's like awesome. Um, Okay, I had a thought and it just left. Um, So, back to chapter 4 of Revelation. It's in verse 1, it says, After these things, because John had been told all this stuff in the previous chapters, then after, about the churches and all that, he says, After these things I looked up and behold... A door standing open in heaven. And the first voice, which was the voice of the Lord that he heard over here in chapter 1, speaking to him. The thing is, Jesus himself, the resurrected Christ, is the open door. That door is wide open now. And we can live under that open heaven or we can live walking through that open door because he is the one that is the door. He said, I am the door over in John chapter 10. Um, I am the way. I am the truth. Our emotions get the best of us so many times. And we close it um, we well we re, we can't close it, but we sort of do this because of our emotions a lot of times. But he still is just there, being there with us, guiding us, directing, um, helping, comforting, encouraging, all of those things. And um, oh, I wish I could get that thought back because it was a good one I had a second ago. Let me look at these notes, see if I can find. The thing with Jacob and Jacob's ladder and all of that, that Jacob is a picture of living under that open heaven, under that open door constantly. I used to think, oh, there's this door up there somewhere, but I don't know how to get under it and I don't know how to get through it. (laughs) But, but, But he is the door. And he one day showed me that I was already in it. (laughs) And the door was already in me. And I didn't have to get all bent out of shape about it. Um, The I am's of Jesus are so cool, especially in the book of John. And I know we've all had teachings on all of those. One day, not too long ago, I was reading through in my King James. This is the new King James. I was going to bring my new American Standard, but it's a new Bible and I'm not used to it. So I, I thought I'd better bring the one that I know where things are. <laughs> Otherwise, I can't find them. <laughs> but anyway, in the King James I was reading, and it said, okay, let me, 10, 10. Does everybody know that one? John 10, 10. It says, the thief comes, but for no other reason except to steal, kill, and destroy In the King James, it says, but 
I am come to give life and to give it to you more abundantly. And that got me on a whole thing, a new deal with the I am's. Jesus is so amazing. What a man. What a God. What, what a, a, an anointed one that lives right inside of us. He said, I am come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. And I wanted to just read to you some of the definition of abundantly out of the Strong's. I don't know Greek. But I have a Strong's Concordance that you look up the definition and all, and it really helps a lot. It's really cool. And it has the uh, Hebrew for the Old Testament. But life abundantly, it means beyond, superabundant, in quantity or superior in quality, excessive, exceedingly abundantly, above, beyond measure. More than is sufficient or required. Extravagant. So he has come to give us this life, which is real life, true life. The life of God and mortal flesh. Oh, my word. How can that be? How can that be? It's like the wonder of it all is amazing. Um, Jesus is constantly I was listening to one of James's old sermons and I mean teachings and he he stopped and started praying in the middle of it this was last year sometime and it was like all of a sudden it was like the Lord saying come Come to me, come to me, come to me. It was like he was pleading with us. Even though we're already there and he's already here, there, there is a dynamic where you can pos- position yourself. And I'm not talking about doing works to try to be acceptable. You know that. We've been in here long enough to know that. We're not. But we can position ourselves like when... God told Moses, just come up here and be, just be there. Just come. It takes a little time. Walk with me. Just sit there. Let me talk to you. Or um, I had a real good relationship with my father. And there would be times where I would just go up to him and just get on his lap as a little girl. And just sit there. He was reading the paper or whatever. He'd do it like this. And I would just be sitting there snuggled up and I can remember putting my head right on his chest and I could hear his heart beating and oh my word that was that was such a security and such a comfort that's the Lord wants us to put our head right on his chest and hear his heart beat for us it's beating for us and this morning when I got up I was a nervous wreck (laughs) and I said Lord I want to hear your heart beat (laughs) I need you. And some of these thoughts started coming to me, and I just wanted to... um, Oh, I know. Okay, before I get to that, one more thing. Over in Exodus 24... i got to quit. Okay. Let me just say this real quick. Okay, okay, real quick. In Exodus 24, there was a separation. The people couldn't come near. If you come near, you die. 
now it's come boldly to the throne of grace. There is no separation. How can there be separation when he lives right inside of us? You know, and we're in him. I mean, you can't even explain all of that. Okay, so there is no separation now. But I just wanted to read these to you real, real quickly and then we'll end. My presence brings true freedom. Freedom from the residual effect of sin. Freedom from darkness into light. You are my treasured possession. I myself took all your sin and disease and pain and grief and sickness so that you could have my righteousness, my joy, my peace, my vitality, my health, my life. Come, walk with me. I love you. You are my special treasure. Each one of you are his special treasure. Come, be with me. I will open your eyes to see. I love you with an everlasting love. Come to me and be there. I will give you all, all, all. I will surprise you. I will fascinate you. I will never leave you. I will thrill your heart. I will astound you. I will cause you to soar with me. I will show you my beauty. I will drive away the darkness. I will fill you with wonders. For I am life. I am light. I am love. I am the open door. I am the resurrection. We will have wonderful, awesome, beautiful fellowship. In Jesus' name. Amen. So let me just, Lord, I just bless all of these precious treasured possessions. And I ask that you would be with them this week. Give them a beautiful week beyond description, more than they can even think or imagine. Lord, I thank you that no matter how bad things may seem, you are always there. And you are, as Kenny says, you are a good Abba. You're a good daddy. We want to hear your heartbeat. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen.